you've heard it before and you'll hear it again. Danny LaRosa Design. Why not something new, something fresh? The business makeover specialist. Danny LaRosa Design. Yep, that's right. Logos, business cards, publications, digital designs. Visit the one-stop shop. What was it, Terry? Danny LaRosa Design. How many times do I have to tell you, Sam? Find her on Facebook and her Instagram, and the handle is at Danny LaRosa Design. Website is www.dannylarosadesign.com. Make the change today. What are you waiting for? Humans and or extraterrestrials, and welcome to another episode of the Turning Stones podcast. Today's episode part two of Area 51 and beyond. Last week's episode was huge, but there was so much more and we couldn't fit it all into one episode. So you know what? Let's make a second. Anyway, Sam, how are you, mate? Yeah, a bit pissed off actually, Terry. Why's that, mate? I uh, just got some uh, some jokester just sent me something in the, in the mail today just uh uh, with a fake name on the uh, on my address, so um, yeah, just really annoyed that people just take that time out of their day to really piss me off. <laughs> Jeez, what, what kind of name was it? Uh, first name was uh, I've I've got her. Uh, second name, <laughs> Big Dick. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, uh, yeah, I'd be so, pretty pissed off too, mate. But um, ah, look, you know, it happens to the best of us, and. I'm sure you've had a chuckle or two, but I mean, to have this sort of pissed off attitude just before we're about to dive deep into a delicious podcast, um, that's not the best frame of mind for our listeners. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll brush it aside. Anyway, part two, um, it's going to be a, a juicy episode. Um, not as juicy as that fake name, but uh, it's going to be good, hopefully. So mm. we'll jump in. We didn't have time to cover what we wanted to last week, so I'll, I'll just, you know, calm myself down and get... Uh, Get focused on the job ahead. Yeah, is there um any substance to that name? Is is that like potentially your your alias or your um porn star stage name? I've got yeah, a <laughs> dick. Maybe a previous a previous life or something could be. Mm. Yeah, it seems out of this world. Just like what we're about to talk about in this episode. Um, I hope everyone's brains are hungry because there is plenty of food for thought. As I said before, it's delicious. As Sam said before, it's juicy. Mmm, yummy. <laughs> so just to touch up on part one, um, per the government resources, Area 51, now the explanation, they're saying that it's a testing uh, and innovating and a producing aircraft facility for stealth and spy planes and aircrafts. Um, for, for example, like the U-2 aeroplane that was developed in the 1950s. Um, this U-2 aeroplane was well in advance of its time. Um, one of the only aircraft to actually fly 20,000 feet higher than any other plane. Um, and basically, they used that for stealth purposes and for spying and, and that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, the government's just – they feed us as little as possible, Sam. Um, mm. It really suits them, doesn't it? Oh, of course it does. Um yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think the government's going to give us, you know, every piece of information that they've got. Um, at the same time, they're not going to 
you know, let us know of any advanced technology that they've got until they uh, kind of want us to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we just don't know. We're not going to know what's uh, what's down there at Area 51. We can, uh, you know, have a few theories and some, uh, you know, banter about it. But I guess we'll, uh, we'll dig deep and we'll look at some people that were pretty close to the action as well to um, get some witness accounts and, uh, yeah, maybe provide the, the listeners with a, a bit of an, an insight. Yes, we hope so. Um, so I, f- I think with the research that we've done, it, it's only a thimble of what people have, mm. you know, the professionals that have done. And, and, and some of them have actually dedicated, you know, a lot of their life to not only just Area 51 and the phenomena behind it and obviously aliens and UFOs and anything that's relevant and, and directly related to. But we believe, and from what we've found, that there is more to Area 51 than just a bloody experimental aircraft facility. You don't get all this hype and, and media attention and obviously the latest leaks um, that have come out with uh, some newspaper articles and obviously um, headlines on the news and, and that sort of stuff. Um, so you don't get all that sort of stuff without um, it being more than what they're saying it is. And that and that's why. like The public's just fed up with the lies. So, mm-hmm. you know, Area 51, a secret test base. Yeah, okay, so you've developed all, and innovated all these um, technologies that – basically is to get, uh, I guess, a, a military advantage on, on the rest of the world. So, yeah, they're conducting what we've mentioned, but I reckon it's so much more. Um, but the real question is, Sam, all this innovation and production, say it was what they've told us, but where are these ideas coming from? Mm. Are they just so creative there? Are they, do they love using that left hemisphere of the brain? Like... Where are these tech? Well, where are these ideas and these innovations and and that sort of stuff? Where are they coming from? Mm. Well, I mean, we can we can always just say, you know, are oh, they coming from uh, resources? Maybe they've got some connections in Russia or some spies, or you know, they're, they're um, poaching other people's ideas. Uh, that's one one theory. But I mean, you know. It's it's almost impossible to you know keep coming up with ideas and technology and whatnot these days. So um, yeah, a lot of a lot of questions that we would like answered um, if possible, but probably going to be impossible in our lifetime, unfortunately. Uh, I, I don't know personally. I think they have to have some help from somewhere else. Uh, it's simple as that. There's, there's no way that you know. Some of these advancements in technology over the years have just been, you know, rapid and, um, you know, like overnight sort of thing. So I, I don't know. Honestly, my opinion, I think uh, there's a, there's a lot more to the story, and um, <clears throat> you know, some people have been brave, or you know, one man in particular has been brave, uh, who's who's apparently witnessed what goes on at Area 51 and, and come out um, and given us some information about that. Uh, we'll touch on touch on that man later anyway and uh, and a few others but yeah it's it's interesting that you know there haven't been a swarm of people coming out with all this information to provide us uh but yeah plenty of rumor and innuendo that's for sure um but i mean as much as we think there's more to area 51 than what they say may or maybe it could just be the our imaginations getting the better of ourselves um you know only unfortunately or unfortunately for, for the case of this 
only one man has really come out and told us his stories and experiences, and, and that's um, Bob Lazar. So we'll, we're going to touch on him in a, in a great deal later on. So, yeah, it, it's one of those things up in the air, but I believe that, yeah, there is there is something fishy going on there, and, you know, it stinks of fish, and, you know, it's like when you open up a can of sardines, boy. As as you know, as as good as they are for you with all those omega threes mm. and omega sixes. Um, really good, yeah. Geez, they stink. Might be a fish um, market down there. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they're just a whole bunch of fishmongers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, go there and get your fish. Mm. Like get King some, George. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> get get a couple of lobsters and I'm not talking about the twenty dollar notes, but the actual lobsters and. Mm. Yeah, could be, maybe could be some maybe get terrestrial uh, lobsters. Oh wow, yeah. Who, who's to say they're not? They look mm, like freaky. True. They do. Real weird. Do. Real weird. Um, moving on. So yeah, we talked about only how one man has come out and told us his stories and experiences um, in regards to Area Fifty One. But why haven't more people come out about it? Like, and, and obviously, there's more than just him that work there. There, there are current mm. employees and there's former employees. Like, why haven't we had any more whistleblowers, Sam? Why? Mm. Great question. I think um, I think one of the biggest reasons for that, geez, mate, you're interrupting me while I'm talking, just slurping away there. Um, one of the biggest water. reasons uh, would be, you know, when when people you know start a job at a place like Area 51, they have to sign a you know non-disclosure agreement or some kind of agreement like that, um, and they're sort of you know sworn to secrecy uh, to their country. And Americans, you know, everyone knows how patriotic they are. Um, they don't want to you know put themselves at risk and or or their country at the same time. So a lot of people would you know take everything to the grave with them. I would say, um, even if you know even if we're not talking uh, extraterrestrial related. Um, you know, things that go down there, uh, I think they still would, you know, take a lot of things to the grave and uh, not reveal uh, much information about what they do or who they know or what they see uh, down at an, an area like that. <clears throat> um, you know, there was actually, uh, there was actually, uh, well, there's been a few um, accounts from some people that have worked at Area 51 who, you know, they've made some comments, but not um, to the extent, like you know, like we said, Bob Lazar is one of the main ones. Um, some people have confirmed, you know, that this person has been there. They've seen them, you know, maybe not by name, but by their looks. Um, other people, you know, who have worked there in the past, they've sort of uh, played down the the facts that, well, not the facts, but the uh, um, accusations that there are extraterrestrial um, aircrafts and uh, extraterrestrials themselves uh, beings there. They, they played all that down and said, you know, the, the government, um, the American government's just sort of even coming up with, you know, their own conspiracy theories to cover up uh, advancements in technologies. And um, yeah, it's an interesting question. But um, yeah, any other any other things that you reckon there, Terry? Yeah. So. You mentioned at the top of that, you know, signing non-disclosure forms and confidentiality and all that, and obviously being accountants, both Mm. yourself and and myself, um, and we sort of have to abide by a similar sort of terms and conditions in regards to confidentiality, and and I'm guessing they would too, just at a Mm. larger scale, um, potentially life or death consequences with that. But 
really, if I signed the non-disclosure form, you know, your missus asked, oh, how was your day? You know, you're going to slowly leak it out to your, like your partner and your, you know, at least to your spouse. You're going to mm, at least yeah. have some sort of conversation. <laughs> Even if you don't tell her the full um, beast of it, you're just going to give her, you know, some a couple of fingers of the beast and maybe a toe or a nose. Mm. You're not going to give the whole carcass. Yeah, you might yeah, just, yeah. You know, give her, uh, throw a few teasers and just say, look, I can't say much, but... Yeah, um, seen something real weird today, like some disc mm. type of object, like you know, look like a bloody CD. Maybe, um, maybe. So that's that's why I'm surprised. Like, what are they doing to these employees there to make them shut the hell up? Mm. Well, well, great mm. question. Uh, I'd love to have uh, someone who works there, you know, come and join us on Tony Stones, but uh, probably a bit optimistic. Um, yeah, if you're bored and you know, you you just feel like you know, a few different kicks in life. Mm. Come turn a few stones with us. We'll, uh, we'll guide yeah. you the way. Of course, we'll, we'll you can sh- remain anonymous. That's that's for sure. Mm. Just, um, yeah, come down here and we'll sort you out. Um, and hotties are allowed as well. But um, yeah, any other any other ways that you reckon that uh, get around these these leaks, the government? Terry? From what from what we've heard and the research that we've done. We've, we have noticed that Area 51 is highly compartmentalized. So basically, if you don't know what that means, each employee is not privy to their other colleagues' department. So basically, whatever you do, you're only sort of subject to that and you focus on that and you talk about that and you cannot divulge that information or no commentary with anyone else, even regardless if they work in the facility or not. Mm. So maybe the non-disclosures and the confidentiality clauses sort of limit yourself just to your own bloody department. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, you know, the maintenance guy is not allowed to speak to the janitor about, you know, I don't know, a turd in the toilet um, <laughs> who is not allowed to have lunch with the secretary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or any other certain relations you might want to have with the, with the secretary. Um, but you're not allowed to do any of that stuff. And then, like, say, the engineer can't talk to the um, atomic physicist mm. and can't it, even... Dis- he'd be a blast even, to talk to, anyway. Yeah, can't even um, discuss, you know, the power being the crows or <laughs> anything like that. They, they're just... Everything's off limits. Mm, that'd be an outrage. Even if you bloody breathe on them, you might get fucking done. Yeah, true, true. It might be a, um, a sanction and or a penalty. Maybe a couple of days in the den or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Over there, but yeah. And and who's to say that in these facilities, they don't use aliases in the base? Like, mm. so it makes it even more difficult. So say when you do your time does finish up or your contract's expired, it makes it really more difficult to say, oh, I remember Robbo the janitor. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind getting like touching base with him. He's obviously similar age, and I've seen him wear like some, you know. New York Yankees hat, and I'm I love the New York Yankees. And we could we could really get along. I'm, I'm actually keen for a mate because all my mates disowned me after I um banged their misses or something like that. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so like, they may use um aliases, so give you a name that you must go by, um or a number like James Bond, you know, mm, true so, the double O's digits and that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, maybe that's where double O seven came from. Mm. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, like could, be a, could be a, a James Bond or if you're Colombian, a James Bond. 
Wow. Or James Bond. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, because I'm guessing with all the top secret sensitive information, you, you, or those that are privy to the top secret sensitive information, maybe they're not allowed to leave. Mm. And yeah, maybe they sure. live in the base. What do you reckon about that? Because yeah. it's a pretty big area, Area 51, true, from what we true. can see aerially. But yeah. who's to say how much is beneath the surface as well? True. There'll yeah. be a whole bloody city down there. They could have their own bloody strip because it's in Nevada. And guess yeah. what else is in Nevada? Sin City. Mm. That's true. Yeah, it could be a few casinos there. Maybe um, yeah, maybe there's a Bellagio down there or something. That'd be nice. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, it, very interesting you, you say that. I think that that's probably, you know, the best way to um, avoid, you know, people actually knowing what they're doing is to separate, you know, even... Uh, as simple as, all right, you're looking at, you know, working on this part. Like, you don't know where it goes, but mm. you you just need to work out how it works, what it does, you know, how to improve it or something like that. Um, and then, you know, you, you don't really get the picture of what everything else is like. So yeah. it, it's it's a good idea, um, and I think it would definitely happen. And, it you know, it probably happens in a lot of top-secret uh, environments, maybe, you know, even not even government-related. It could be a company that's come up with uh, some idea and they're going to, you know, put a trademark on it or a patent on it or whatever, and um, they don't want people, you know, stealing the idea before they get the chance to do it or yeah. you know, coming up with something similar. Oh, they could they could do that as well. Um, so, you, so you're <clears throat> suggesting that maybe they could outsource some of the parts and, and materials or in, investigative sort of, mm. um, uh, I guess, experiments that they're doing to yeah, like yeah. private companies. And then yeah. they're sort of abiding them by these privacy laws as well, just to sort yeah. of mitigate the risk. And yeah, yeah. yeah that's interesting. Um, imagine like someone in the base just working on this tray and it just turns out to be like an, an ashtray for the bloody... <laughs> UFO and you, you don't know what it is, but you're yeah. thinking, oh, you're doing something really important, but it's just a, it's just a tray to put out fags. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that yeah, could be cup interesting. Holder, yeah, sure. <laughs> cup holder. Um, <laughs> depending on what kind of cups. Um, yeah. Extraterrestrials sort of. It could be. Could be I a mean, square cup holder. To yeah. Hold well, your uh, Farmers Union iced coffee. Well, that's important. You, you probably actually need a des- Maybe they've designed a cup holder that can hold any shape. Like it's mm. got like stencils of like square and a triangle and then a obviously yeah, yeah. a circle as well. So you can really insert anything into there. <laughs> yeah, I'll any, bet. any incision will do. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, we're coming up with ideas. Maybe that's where they get a, they get their ideas from. Any holds a goal, in, as they say. They tune into uh, turning stones and get some ideas from us. Oh, absolutely. We'll charge you for it, though. <laughs> but, well, all right, so, yeah, there's there's obviously ways that they can sort of um, work out how to keep information as confidential as possible. Mm. But when these employees finally retire um, or if they resign or if they're dismissed, especially the dismissed ones, mm-hmm. um, who's to say, like, what's stopping them from them finally telling their story? I mean, we've had a few people over the years that have um, chimed in on a couple of documentaries to talk about it, mm, but yeah. really, they're not very convincing, whether they're bad talkers or not, or whatever it is, they're not very convincing, or maybe the documentary's topic doesn't suit what they were doing, or maybe they were just the janitor of Area 51, but they just don't maybe, want to yeah. say that they were the janitor, but mm. they have proof that they were employed there, like through their tax return or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's one of those that there's only one person that's ever come out. We are going to touch on him real soon. I promise Very that. Soon. Yeah. Um, 
Do you reckon uh, that his former employees um, could have been subject to like a drug-induced amnesia just to make him forget about everything? Like maybe, as we talked about, like an underground Las Vegas strip, mm, maybe yeah. a couple of roofies maybe. Um, just before mm. they piss off. Could be like the men in black. They you know, use that flashing light and it just uh, wipes their memory. Um, yeah, I, wow. I don't know. It's quite possible. And you know what? If these people are working in such high security and, you know, really um, low-key underground stuff that no one knows, you know, who's working there, um, basically, you, you know, you might not even know who's what their name is, you know. Um, what's to stop, uh, you know, the people that are really involved with the, uh, the important stuff from going missing after? I mean, you wouldn't have any idea. Obviously, no, if, exactly. they, if they had a family, you know, you, you know they've gone missing, but... If there, I wouldn't be surprised if there were a lot of people that are, you know, just single people that live by themselves, and this is their job and their life. Like that, you wouldn't know. Yeah, they live and breathe it. Yeah, that's right. So and they, uh, they probably thought they were getting themselves into something that's just going to be set themselves up for their career, do like five yeah. years, um, earn some good coin, and then obviously start a family. But yeah. obviously they've been sucked in or maybe hypnotized to stay yeah, there yeah. or. Maybe, yeah. Um, brainwashed or – unless maybe they – yeah, they love it there. Like everything's sorted for them. Like obviously yeah. free feeds every night, um, mm. maybe luxurious accommodation down there in the bunkers. And, yeah, yeah. And obviously Las Vegas is a, a stone throw away and we all – we know all about stones and, and turning them. And maybe they get provided some, you know, some company at night. Mm. Could be a tunnel. Vegas that, connections. Yeah, it could be a tunnel that goes straight to the, uh, the Vegas Strip or something. Yeah, that'd be convenient. <clears throat> Mm. Darting in and out and have like high roller rooms. Yeah. 51 employees. Mm. Yeah. Well, interesting though, because um, there are a few, you know, accounts of uh, ex military personnel who, you know, are on their deathbeds and, um, you know, obviously these deathbed stories that come out when, when they're basically dying. And, you know, I don't know, there haven't been a lot around the Area 51 stories, but at the same time, there's been a lot where people have, um, you know, disclosed them weird uh weird events that they they face in their careers so uh, hey i mean it might be uh might be just a matter of time before we hear some more coming out of area 51 yeah looking forward to it so yeah a couple of questions there why haven't people come out about it more but hopefully in the future they bloody do mm -hmm. um i want to talk about one particular person annie jacobson so she is the author of the area 51 an Uncensored History of America's Top Secret Military Base. That's the title of her book. Um, she has some strong opinions and, you know, there's some factual support in regards to some of these opinions and they may have shaped those opinions as well. But mm. it's just I, I love listening to people's thoughts about not only this topic but any topic. I mean, it's good to get, you know, another side of something, another person's perception, and then that can sort of shape your own or maybe it – puts things into perspective. So mm. she claims that the government is feeding the public lots of disinformation and that it's deliberately done to deceive. Um, and like, for example, you know, over the years, there's a lot of uh, far-fetched UFO stories about abduction. Mm. Um, people, you know, resulted into a loss of a limb or mm. anal probes or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> Like all these far-fetched stories, the government would love it. And she makes a good point that basically, yeah, the government's allowing people to 
basically give out these far-fetched stories yeah, yeah. and then not comment on any of it. And then you basically just ponders in your head, be like, ah, oh, that's ridiculous. Surely that mm. hasn't happened. Like, you know, you've been abducted and you've lost an arm or, mm. you know, you got anal probe anal or probes. what? It, yeah, that, that's like a really crazy one. And it just apparently, turns off. Apparently that happens a lot in Greece, the anal probes. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> they must, um, it's, uh, they must, I reckon the aliens love the, the Acropolis there. <laughs> must get a thing about it. Um, maybe it's like a good landing strip nearby there and yeah, yeah. in Athens or yeah, or it must be the Kalamata olives down south. Yeah. Jeez. Taught them a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, interesting stuff. I mean, those far fetched stories, it really mm. puts the rest of the general population and they think to themselves, ah, the aliens and UFOs, they're full of shit. Yeah. Like, you know, people talking about these crazy stories and then how, how much of a stigma prior to say the last five, 10 years, Prior to all this, how much of a stigma was there on AFL, AFL aliens and UFO talk? Like, yeah. Seriously, like every time you talked about it, people think, oh, do you believe in that crap? Yeah, you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. it's the complete opposite. Mm. Or especially our generation, and we're talking about those under, say, 40 years old. I think that sort of generation are a bit more believing yeah, in this, yeah. if not believe into it. But then any, yeah. anyone over that, they're still a little bit skeptical because of the lies and the disinformation that the government's right. provided over the years. Mm, exactly. Yeah, you're right, Terry. I think the um, governments are just trying to discredit everything around, um, you know, aliens, well, aliens and any, any kind of UFO, unexplained phenomena, anything like that. It's, it's really, um, yeah, it's really, you know, discouraged uh, to sort of believe in it by the government. Obviously, like you said, they, they come up with these, they might, you know, feed the media and feed uh, whoever with these stories that um, are really far-fetched, probably to, yeah, like you said, as a bit of a scare tactic. Um, typical government and media using scare tactics, as usual, uh, always, you know, trying to, you know, install fear into people's uh, lives um, for their own gain, usually. So, I mean, if, if everyone's scared of these things, and at the same time, they're, they're sort of, you know, making people feel crazy if they even consider that there might be a possibility of uh, a different, you know, a different kind of being being within our um, galaxy or, in, you know, somewhere else. If, you know, if you mentioned that, you'd be uh, obviously, like you said, Terry, just looked at funny and, uh, yeah, it's just pretty disappointing. But like you said, now... People are, you know, we, we're sort of questioning why we're, you know, why we're here. We're getting to the stage where we are asking the questions and we've got technology to sort of look into the, these things further um, rather than just being told what is and isn't true um, yeah. by the government. We're not just, you know, being spoon-fed this information. We're, we're going around them and trying to figure out things for ourselves or, or from people who are actually, you know, not feeding us with lies and whatever they want they're actually looking into things yeah um so yeah it's you know what it's good though i i like the fact that we're not just going down the same path and and not questioning um other things in our lives because you know it's uh, it's an interesting topic absolutely and, and you know 20 years ago if you told someone oh gullible's written on the ceiling they'd look up seriously but now like we're asking the questions as you said um just Actually, did you just look up? Oh, uh, no. No. <laughs> okay. 
just making sure. Hopefully our listeners didn't look up. But, yeah, I think we're doing well in the last, yeah, 20 or so years um, in, in asking these questions. And what we're also doing is putting the bloody pressure on the government um, to come out. And they have done so in the last 12 months. And they've done a lot in the last 12 months, more mm. than they did in the previous, you know, 20 years. So the more and more pressure we can put on them, the more and more exposure we can get on this topic, the more answers we're going to get. Um, and as we said, and, and that our motto is to leave no stone left unturned, uh, you know, any stone that we can turn, we'll bloody turn it. Mm, Throw us a stone, we'll turn it. Yep. Throw us a pebble, we'll flip it. Give us a boulder, that's uh, probably a bit much. Mm, um, we might have to get but, a crane for that. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're a crane company and you want to you plug, mm. throw us cash this way and we'll sort you out, mate. But yeah, um, and all, all these far-fetched examples, um, you uh, or even like these uh, interesting ones, the ones that aren't far-fetched, those that can't be explained by the naked eye. Have you ever noticed that the government usually remains quiet um, and sometimes lets the media and, and the public um, report on it first? They, they let them come up with an explanation or a logic to those occurrences. Mm-hmm. And then if it's to the liking of the government, then at that point, after the fact, then they will come out and confirm the yeah, sense, the mm. PG rated, the plausible story that's come up with. Mm, um, true. And, and, but if it was something that, you know, if, if a headline came out saying, oh, did UFOs rock up here, then you'll mm. see the government come out and, and just deny um, yeah, and discredit yeah. any incredible, you know, extraterrestrial occurrence. They'll yeah, just say, yeah. no, it was this. And then they'll come up with their own um, plausible story. But they usually wait till they release a statement. True. So what happens if, I guess we have to sort of bring it to light, but we should always be opting towards you know, the other side of the spectrum being maybe it's a UFO or, or an alien because then you always put more pressure on the government to come up with mm. some other explanation. And in those occurrences where, geez, what I've, whatever they've come up with to sort of die down these rumours, let's question that. Yeah, yeah. And ask why. Yeah, exactly, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've, it's funny that, you know, governments just always play down the, uh, you know, UFO um sightings and whatnot they're just like they don't want to know about it but you know what behind the scenes i really think they've got uh, a lot of funding and, and resources going into looking at what these things are because they probably have no idea themselves most of the time probably um, not yeah so i wouldn't be surprised if you know they're just sort of it's their poker face to sort of you know just say oh it's it's not nothing to worry about you know and, and behind the scenes they're, they're spending a lot of time on it to, believe me i reckon it's uh it's a bit of a cover-up, like a lot of things with the government, just to put the brave face on and not uh, not let their citizens worry. But I'm not worried. I just want to know answers. Mm. And uh, you said, you know, they've got a good poker face, but, I mean, they've got to bloody know how to, when to hold them, when to fold them, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when well, to walk right. away, <laughs> when to run. Um, mm. Yeah, but they, they love controlling the narrative, the government. Mm-hmm. And they do this most times without even bloody coming out. They let the public just decide for themselves. And if it's, you know, a response that they like, yep, we'll just leave it as that. So they love controlling it. And when it's not what they like, then they'll come out and just deny it. And then we're sort of fed with that information. Let's keep questioning. And, you know, as far as them controlling the narrative, I don't like their bloody story. I reckon it's shit. Mm. Throw it in the bin. Yeah. Next. Alrighty. Um, moving on. DARPA. 
This is an interesting one. This is another one um, in regards to Annie Jacobson that she talked about. So DARPA, it's an acronym. Ooh. Stands for Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency. Now, you will love this one, Sam. Ooh. Lick your lips if you haven't done so already. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a wet lick. lick. <laughs> Stay hydrated. Absolutely. That was a WL, wet lick. But um, DARPA, so basically their mission statement. So their singular and enduring mission, their one and only goal is to make pivotal investments in breakthrough technologies for national security. Sam, mm. where... Yes. Do they get their ideas for breakthrough technologies? Mm. If, I, if I could answer that question, I'd be working for DARPA, and I wouldn't be talking to you. But okay. uh, uh, yeah, no. Uh, well, yeah, we've uh, we've sort of touched on it already. But yeah, where do they get these ideas? I mean, you've set up a this kind of organisation to to um, come up with ideas. I mean, geez, I'd have to have some good brainstorming sesh to, um, and they come up with a, I don't know, some kind of propulsion system that maybe defies gravity. Um, I, I don't know. How, how would they come up with that? Do they travel into space and gather some, I don't know, some kind of elements from a, an asteroid? I, I don't know. Great yeah, question. Do they, do they go to like a rodeo and mm. watch some, you know, matadors play around with some bulls or... I don't know. Do they, yeah. do they do they trip on LSD and mm. have a few pingers and go down high? Yeah. A few magic mushrooms, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. A shroom. I don't know. It's a good question though, because yeah, I mean they can you know infiltrate other countries and try to steal information and ideas, but there's only so much you can steal, I guess. And you know, we we're humans. We're all the same um, the same species, so we're going to run out of ideas at some stage. Hmm. Do you reckon DARPA sometimes like overindulges in some Anzac biscuits and has like challenges to see how many they can eat in a minute? Mm. And maybe all those the, the deliciously buttery coconutty goodness mm. in there just gives them and gets the juices flowing. Yeah, it could do. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they do a bit of yoga and um, meditate or something like that. Just, Pilates. Yeah, <laughs> bit of hot yoga. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question, but yeah, we'll have to. Um, We'll have to see if we can get some special guests eventually on the show that can fill us in with some uh, ideas or, or, you know, where they get these things from. Absolutely. Now, um, I reckon it's time. What do you think? Oh, I think it is. I've oh, been waiting wow. for, this oh, for a long time. Rub those hands together. It, it, the man of the moment, we've saved him not close to last. Um, mm. He is the main event of, of today's episode, and he is Mr. Bob Lazar. That's Roberto to you. But. Okay. Roberto Lazar. Um, <laughs> potentially Italian. We cannot confirm or deny that. So, um, I reckon his uh, great-great-grandmother, um, you know, I think slept around a, f- a few guys in uh, Sardinia or something like that. Yeah, it used to be Lazaro, but then they cut it short. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> This man, he has caused a lot of controversy. He has um, provided us with uh, a lot of, of ideas and, and thoughts and provoked a lot of thoughts. 
Um, who was he? He was a propulsion expert or an engineer and an engineer um, who says or who claims to have worked in Area 51. Um, now, from what I have heard, there have been people who can confirm that he was in fact in Area 51 at some stage and um, made regular appearances there. So let's um, let's say he did work at Area 51. Um, now he, he's got a lot of test, you know, testimonies, and he's thrown a lot of uh, ideas around and, and things that he's been he's witnessed down there. Um, one of the you know most crucial one and, and most popular things that he said that there's flying discs um, and air- aircrafts. These these flying uh, discs that he's never seen before. They just look you know from out of this world that ha- there's multiple in a base at area 51 that that's the biggest claim or one of the biggest claims i think um to come out of there so yeah oh, it's it's mind-blowing when you think this guy's seen something like that i mean what uh what, what would give to see that with our own eyes i'd, I'd love to see it but um me too mm, and yeah he, he was or he, he claims to be um or had being employed to reverse engineer uh, propulsion systems. Um, so basically they'll give him something and he would just pull it apart and work out how, how it works or try attempt to. Um, now he's also said that um, there, were, there have been alien bodies that were recovered from uh, crashes and um, you know those kind of things from spacecraft that have crashed in the desert or wherever they've crashed. And apparently there's bodies in the Area 51 uh, or somewhere within that uh, compound there. So that's another interesting interesting one. Um, yeah, I guess because uh, it's compartmentalised, he's probably not privy to that sort of information, but he may have come across you yeah, know, a carcass maybe. or two and yeah. a slime ball or mm. Poindexter. <laughs> yeah, you just never know. Yep. So, yeah. So, so Bob or Roberto Lazar. Um, so yeah, at the top of what you just said, uh, worked at Area 51 um, and a former employee at S4 as well. He was recruited from Los Alamos Nuclear Development Facility, um, and that was for his particle physics and electronics knowledge. And yeah, it was to work on advanced propulsion. But S4, interesting. Not many people know about S4 till he mm. sort of brought it up. So. S4 is another facility, very close to Area 51. It's actually southwest, and it's reported that's buried under Papoose Mountain. Now, mm. if you've got a map and you go to Nevada um, and where Area 51 is, just southwest of that is a mountain called Papoose um, or Papoose. I'm not sure how you want to pronounce that. Um, Papoose. But, yeah, Papoose. Um, <laughs> southwest of the known Area 51 site. So, yeah, that's, a, that's another interesting one where he worked in another facility. Maybe Area 51 is what the government say it is, but could it be a base within a base? So basically S4 being where the real shit goes down and Area 51 is just your standard uh, aircraft um, development innovative sort of um, research facility and the S4 is where yeah, the, um, the saucy and risque action mm. all happens. True, um, true. Maybe that's where Bob Lazar made a few salamis as well, back to his <laughs> Italian roots. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah, his work um, was second to none. Um, obviously recruited for his expertise. And, yeah, so he claimed that he worked and saw 
discs, but he was only working on the propulsion part. Mm. So yeah, that very compartmentalized and yeah. So he he's told us as much as he could with what he was exposed to, but the stuff he did tell us, wow, we oh yeah, blows your mind. It does. Um, yeah. Well, you know, some people uh, some people say that you know, oh, this guy is just coming up with all these stories and fake, uh, you know, fake accounts of seeing this, that, and the other. Um, but there were there have been. Yeah, like I said, there have been uh, pilots and uh, other personnel down at Area 51 that ha- have confirmed uh, his story of, you know, travelling to this um, this S-4 base. Um, and I think pretty much they were saying that you, you have to get a, another plane or something to, to get to this other location or something along those lines. Anyway, his story that is told the media and, you know, told um, in a few documentaries it checks out with other people um, as to you know what the uh, procedure is to get to the location um, and all those things. So I think it's safe to say that you know you can we can shut down those um, those people that are saying oh this guy's just full of it, he's uh, delusional and was never even at Area Fifty One. Um, <clears throat> I think people are trying to say is trying to track down you know records of saying oh where's the record saying he worked at Area Fifty One? Well. Unfortunately, the U.S. government is not going to provide anyone with that kind of information. Um, you're talking about, you know, one of the, the most secure locations on the planet, and they're not just going to give uh, any person some documentation for a, you know, a show that they're going to put on the History Channel or I don't know, one of those channels. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. He, he's, you know, he said that all his accounts are just unreal. You know, like he said, he, he claims to have seen. Um, flying discs um and not just one multiple um which is interesting um and again he's he said that you know he's been walking down a a corridor and you know seeing these um aliens and uh all these other stories that he's 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 got i mean whether they're true or not i guess it's, it's sort of his word against the world um whoever wants to doubt him doubt him um i'm not saying that it it's you know it's gospel uh we we just don't know but very interesting um because uh, as we get into um in a in a minute um some of the things that he i'm timing you mm, thank you one minute um some of the things that he you know sort of was talking about and and was uh, explaining happened there or what they found or um it later was proven to be correct um in particular um, an element number 115. So this element 115, um, Bob uh, claimed to have worked on uh, in a propulsion system uh, down at Area 51, and he just was, you know, gobsmacked with how this how this thing works. And um, pretty much, it's well, I mean, I don't know the you know engineering side of it, but this uh, this can be used in a propulsion system to uh, obviously you know, transport a vehicle um, through the sky, through uh, wherever, an ocean really, um, without producing any heat. It actually, you know, it's, it affects the gravity um, in front of, of the object. And, you know, we've had these accounts from um, pilots and these, this footage from uh, fighter jets and stuff recently showing these objects in the sky that are moving with no, no flame, no heat coming off of them. 
So that kind those, of even those yeah infrared heat sensors yeah. and those radars didn't detect any heat. That's right. So mm. it really ties in with um, what he was explaining. Uh, you know, people can't explain how these things were, were flying through the air because there's no propulsion um, as such. Or uh, as far as we think, you know, us humans, we think that a propulsion system needs heat or needs some kind of propeller. But most of all, there has to be some kind of heat um, there. And you know, this guy's saying that there's a propulsion system that is basically an element that you just, you know, chuck it in a reactor or, or some kind and you can um, you can travel like that and at, you know, some supersonic speeds and, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, element 115, eh? So, yeah, they, they, they're deeming it as um, the fuel of interstellar travel. Wow. Um, the Russians have actually named it... Um, after Moscow, where it was really um, conducted some savage research onto it, and they've actually um, put Moscow in the name. So the, the technical term on the periodic table, as well as it, as it's the 115th element, it's also called Moscovium. So the Moscow part there, Moscovium. So Moscovium. Um, what does it really do? Well, obviously it can move crafts laterally, up and down, sideways. You know, do U-turns and. Mm. Do yeah, doughies or <laughs> figure eights or whatever, whatever you want to do, you, you can do it. Um, those in the combo. Oh, absolutely, bloody oath. Um, turn those ties. <laughs> yeah. So, but where did this element come from? So, if he was working on element one one five, is it terrestrial? Meaning, did it come from Earth or is it from another place? Mm. That's a very interesting point. We don't know those answers, and we're probably not going to find out those answers for a little while yet. But um, the another interesting one is, can we make it, simulate it, or replicate it um, using the resources we have here on Earth? Well, uh, I think the issue is with it all, and as interesting as it is being the fuel of interstellar travel and what it can do without even, you know, um, creating any heat is basically we don't fully understand it. So it could be quite dangerous to deal with. It could be like, you know, an adult version of dynamite, basically. Mm. Like it just could be or TNT or, you know, um, it, it could be very sensitive. Um, and we obviously don't want to play around with things that are sensitive. You've got to be very careful and delicate. But, yeah, Element 115, a lot of questions on that. But the fact that he um, raised a flag and he said that he worked on it and that was the fuel source that they can sort of figure out and, and sort of, you know, they've, they've pointed the fingers, that's the way these things are, are being operated, well, then, wow. Um, and obviously him being in propulsion, well, he will have to be all over that to know how things move and, and reverse engineering certain things that he said that he's worked on. But, um, yeah, back to Bob Lazar, the man. So a lot of people have said and, and questioned this story. He came out in 89 and he was interviewed and, and come out and – they must have thought he was crazy back then, mm. especially in those times where any of stories like this. Um, Definitely. Yeah, he would have thought he was crazy. And, and he said that the reason why he came out was because he feared for his safety and the recount of events that he said and what went down when it, whilst he was employed was basically an insurance policy in his life because mm. if someone had killed him shortly after him coming out, then you know – um, there's some substance behind it and you yeah. know that it was probably government led. So mm. basically it's not a bad little ploy from uh, Roberto to, to mm. come out, say what he had to say, do it in a public forum. Um, 
basically an interview on TV and then, you know, having that as an insurance policy in your life. So subject yeah, to yeah. You know, health conditions and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, hopefully he lives a long and prosperous life. But um, it's not a bad little ploy. So, yeah, I actually really um, condemn him for that. Or not condemn, I praise him for that. Yeah, yeah. Good job, um, Bob. But, but to the government's support and to their side of the story, People might have thought he's crazy, even though he said what he said back then. Because if you look at his records, there are actually no records of him ever working there. Mm, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Some people say on certain government databases, he's actually removed completely, as if he doesn't even exist. Mm. Then he claims he's done certain degrees and he's done his education at MIT um, and Caltech and all that. Then, you know... Some people questioning what he said, they looked up on those databases to see if he was ever a scholar at these institutions of education. And there's no records of Bob even having studied or getting bachelor degrees or doctorates or anything. Mm, okay. But then that's weird because if there's no um, evidence or information to say he was working there or got this education that he says he has, but then on the flip side of that, People said that they recalled that they worked with him there. Yeah, yeah. All right? This is on the flip side. And also on the flip side, how would Area 51 even employ him to work in advanced propulsion if mm. he had no degrees? That's right, yeah. Would, yeah. Why would a high-up government agency employ someone with no qualifications or degrees to mm. work on a really, really technical matter that requires a lot of intelligence yeah, and education? Yeah. Yeah, and well, work in advanced propulsion. That's right. Yeah, well, Don't you get go. Neighbor off the street who's a bloody bum. <laughs> yeah. And drinks out of brown paper bags and be like, oh, I'm bringing you in. You're going to do some advanced propulsion. Yeah, that's he, might know, he might know how the 3.8 litre Ecotech uh, Holden motor runs, but not, uh, not advanced propulsion. Um, yeah, well, you go back to, like you said, Terry, he was recruited from, you know, Los Alamos nuclear development facility. So, so what, you reckon some, you know, Bum's going to have uh, have been uh, recruited by even that facility to to work with you know nuclear propulsion or whatever they work with those guys. It's yeah, it's pretty interesting how um, all his records have disappeared and um, yeah, they're basically trying to make him seem like he's some kind of ghost and um, obviously try to discredit him. But you know what though, very interesting. He was the first one that came out and explained this element one one five. He was. You know, te he he told everyone about this before it actually became an element on the uh, periodic table. Mm. Um, this was only the element one one five was only added, I think, in August twenty thirteen or something around then. So he he was interviewed, like you said, in the eighties and that, and throughout that time, he you know he provided us with um, you know some information, all this information, and. So that, that sort of confirms his story. Like he knew about this element. Well, where did he get that information from? How did he make that up? Like surely, if he's got no idea and um, has no degrees in this kind of uh, this kind of field, well, I don't know where he got that story from. Pretty uh, pretty interesting. Um, and I mean, even, yeah, even his recollection of what it's like to work there, how to get there. Yeah, yeah. It all it all ticks the boxes for those that mm. have actually been on the site. Like yeah. you have to go to the normal Las Vegas airport, the international yeah. airport there, land, but then you also get another aeroplane 
but it's uh, unmarked. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. Not a commercial wheel on it. And then you fly to the base of Area 51 because they've obviously yeah. got landing strips and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you go to wherever you need to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was able to um, vividly explain how he got there. So basically, yeah. he went through those procedures. But then once he went there, he was even saying what it was like at S4 where he had to talk, he talked about those hand scanners. Yeah, you, yeah. You've heard the hand scanner story. So for those that haven't heard it, basically he described that there was a hand scanner. Now, from what we can recall with our mobile phones these days to unlock and things like that, there was – you can, you know, put your fingerprint. And mm-hmm. that's obviously unique to everyone. But he suggested that the hand scanners to get into S4 and some parts of Area 51 took a um, a scan of your whole hand. I'm not sure if it was left or right or it could be both or whatever it was. But it took a scan, like an X-ray of your hand. Didn't worry about your fingerprints. Didn't worry about, you know – um, how crooked your thumb was, but what it did worry about was the length of your bones. So it was taking an X-ray of your hand, mm. and um, little do we know at the time when he explained it in '89. But now we know that not only is your fingerprint unique to your hand or your fingerprints, um, depending on how many uh, digits you have on each hand, but the length of your phalanges being the length of your fingers, the length of the bone of your fingers, is also unique to each individual on top mm. of your fingerprints. And I'm guessing fingerprint technology back then was probably very common mm. and there's yeah. probably ways to <laughs> manipulate that. So they thought, let's go one better back in 89 mm. and do something that no one else is doing because then people won't know how to hack that sort of shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. So who knows what they've got now, but he was able to explain that. And then mm. I'm pretty sure recently in the last couple of years, um, there's been photos leaked of it. Yeah, Maybe right. that mm. sort of technology has been obsolete and they've, they've put in something new, but yeah. they've leaked that and they've confirmed that, yes, that's what, that was one of the um, steps and, and protocols and procedures to gain entry. Yeah. Uh, interesting. So it wasn't just, uh, you know, writing your name on a log and putting your mobile number in and. Yeah. Know, yeah. At the time that you rocked up and, you know, yeah. wipe your hands with hand sanitizer so you don't get infected by the pen. <laughs> but um, then also he was able to explain certain parts of the facility, um, especially the common areas. He was able to explain how you got your food, the cafeteria, yeah, yeah. Um, what the pisser was like, the piss trough, um, if you had any targets to aim at or, <laughs> you know, like things like that. He was able to yeah. explain to people that had been there, whether they were workers or not or contractors, um, could vouch for those sort of things. So yeah. he definitely had a presence there. Um, yeah. So that, that's just adding well, more fuel to the fire. That's or, right. And um, the, you know what? If, and he's actually, well, his uh, workplaces and his home and stuff has been um, has been uh, searched by the FBI and whoever else, um, whatever other agencies, uh, a number of times. So why would the government put, all this effort into you know checking his his personal belongings and his uh, and his work uh, you know his, his workplace like why, why would they why would they go to that extreme if this guy's just got nothing and they reckon he's just full of it he never worked for the um and never worked at Area Fifty One it yeah very interesting and I think um a lot of a lot of what is he, he has said um obviously some of the things have already uh, been proven but I think a lot of it will continue to be uh, proven as being true because to me there's too many there's too many things that um 
just you know a bit of a coincidence if if he's not telling the 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 truth you know if how could you guess all these things and come up with all these theories and an element that wasn't even on a periodic table before and and now is um too many coincidences for me and i think uh, he's uh, he's uncovered a few always turned a few stones that uh, the government probably didn't want turned yeah, he he turned a few stones before I was even bloody born, and mm. you know also before I was born, he he did go off the rails slightly as well. I think you know obviously working close to Las Vegas, he um yeah I think the limelight must have got to his head a little bit because you know in 1990 he was actually arrested for aiding and abetting a prostitute ring. Not sure <laughs> if you know that or not, but I don't know, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so he must have been a horny little bugger as well. So yeah, he, he was ordered actually. He, so. He, he pleaded guilty. He, he admitted, yep, he's, he's got a problem um, yeah. pay, paying for it. Uh, so, and obviously, you know, making a bit of coin on the side. But, um, yeah, he was ordered to do 150 hours of community service. And um, mm. and one of the um, one of the orders was to stay away from brothels. Bloody hell, that would have been hard for him. Well, that, that's... Uh, <clears throat> that's, that's, a, that's just a little juicy... Threw a curveball, yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. Because he, he yeah. is divorced and his his yeah. wife did cheat on him, and I think that was actually his demise with Area Fifty One and S Four. Because I'm pretty sure those facilities don't want any issues at home, because then yeah. it's going to get you mentally unstable, and your thoughts yeah. and mind's going to go elsewhere and not concentrate on the job. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, clearly, in 1990s, uh, mind and thoughts were definitely elsewhere. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't think his yeah. brain was doing the thinking. It was probably another head. But, um, yeah, obviously it's a strange part and, and the government definitely love to advertise those parts of his life oh, because yeah, that just course. makes the stories that he was, were telling um, all the more crazier and just saying, mm-hmm. yeah, how's this guy, you know, obsessed with prostitutes going to um, tell us about an element 115 and some mm-hmm. yeah, bullshit like that. Yeah. But you know what? Nah, you know what, Bob or Robert, as your real name is, or potentially if you're um, – Got some Italian descent or not, Roberto, but yeah, we'll say it with Robert. Um, Scott's his middle name, by the way. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I'll stand by you, mate. I think uh, you're um, you, you've done some good shit in that time, and we're mm. happy that you come out and you, you've Thanks admitted. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, obviously, no other evidence has come out to support uh, the claim of alien technology. Mm-hmm. But the fact that, yeah, he is an eyewitness, and we can only go off that because the government's not going to bloody tell us anything. Um, well, they haven't told us anything yet, but yeah, it, it's interesting. And he's even he even said that he worked on obviously worked on a lot of discs and, and a lot of things that he'd never seen before. Um, but he also um, reckons he worked on something that was very prehistoric, very aged and old. Um, he even said he worked on something from a prehistoric dig, or like from mm. an archaeological dig. Yeah, so, huh? interesting. Um, who's to say, buddy? Aliens aren't even here already. Um, That's right. Mm. And I just want to sidetrack slightly. So we got an interesting one with Roswell. Another thought. Um, You know how obviously they reported initially that it was a flying saucer that had crashed, but um, who's to say that it it, that that is true? Which a lot of people have thought that is true. But maybe it's not an incident or a crash of extraterrestrials disc, but a crash of a man-made prototype which we had mm. developed from an extraterrestrial disc. Um, and so, yeah, the efforts of reverse engineering an ET vessel um, that we had obtained earlier. And, you know, 
why would aliens come all this way or extraterrestrials come all this way throughout all the galaxies and just crash? Mm, true. That's an could, interesting. Could have Maybe. been uh, after a few beers at the pub or something. I don't know. Yeah. Could have stopped past Venus and uh, yeah. a couple of shots of um, you know, tequila bit or something. Bit of moon juice. Mm, interesting stuff there. Yeah. Something to think about. Um yeah, well, that's. I think we're gonna. Um, you know, I hope one day, or not too far in the future, we're gonna have another episode on this, and we're gonna have some answers, maybe, and some, maybe, some more uh, evidence that's been uh, provided by I don't know anonymous sources or whoever it may be. But I just hope we uh, keep hearing more about Area Fifty One. You know, slowly, slowly, we're getting a few bits and pieces. Um, so hopefully, we yeah continue with that and. We can uh, keep asking the questions and uh, hopefully we can get some answers eventually. Yep. And basically, you know what? What do we want? We want the government to bloody come out and tell us the truth. When do we want it? Now. But, um, yeah, in terms of what we believe, well, yeah, I think there is some something fishy going on there. We talked about the fishmongers and all that sort of stuff, but in all seriousness, mm. there is something fishy going on there and um, it's more to it than what they told us. Um I guess it's one of these watch this space, no pun intended. Mm, but, um, yep. Yeah, we want the information now. We're going to get it now? Absolutely not. But it's not going to stop us on our journey to turn a few more stones going forward. What do you reckon, Sam? Spot on. Let's keep turning. Tune in next time. Another cracking episode of Turning Stones podcast. And if in case you forgot the handle, it is at TurnstonesPod on Instagram and Twitter. Listen to us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and CastBox. Your ears will love you for it. Good night. <laughs>